Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Okay, brethren, I'm assuming that if you've been around this marriage repair stuff, betrayal, trauma, and or metamorphosis work, you've been introduced to a term called boundaries. Anybody get hit with boundaries yet? And do you experience any type of confusion still? Like, oh my gosh, this word comes out of nowhere. I don't quite know what she's talking about. I don't know what to do with it. I'm assuming everyone's ran into that word and it's being used in times. It's almost like the word gaslighting. And you're like, I'm not even sure what that means still. What I'd like to teach you today is an advanced concept that will take you way beyond the concept of boundaries. So you don't need to hear about boundaries anymore. All right. One of the mistakes from the textbooks that I have found is when a man is confused about what's going wrong in his marriage, the first thing he does or is told to do in the books is to go to the woman and say, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? It seems like a good idea on the surface, but one of the main problems with that idea, brethren, is when you get answers from a woman, especially a woman who hasn't learned how to do a lot of accurate self-diagnosis, a lot of careful assessment of her own brain and functioning, you're going to get answers that don't make sense to you. You're going to get often some uh, mixed messages. I want you to be closer. I want you to be farther away. I want you to talk more. I want you to talk less. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to stay away from me. Is anyone getting mixed messages about boundaries, like all over the place? Now, the reason you're getting that, brethren, is because they're still trying to figure themselves out. And so if you had to wait around to understand them based on what they describe, you're going to be waiting for a long time. The good news is you have a brain that actually makes it so you're capable of understanding this process without even having to talk to her. Let me explain how it works. Guys, I want you to give yourself a compliment or at least your predecessors. How did men figure out how to grow plants? How did men figure out how to grow plants? Did the plants talk to them? You know, I need more water. I'm a cabbage and I need more water. I could use some more sunshine. Did any man sit down at the head of cabbage and say, what do you need? Tell me what you need. What about horses? Do men who know how to work with horses have a conversation? What do you need? What do you need? Trial and observation says they tried something. There is you got to quit switching back and forth, being serious and being funny, because I can't keep up with your sense of humor sometimes. Okay, ah, dry sense of humors are worse than mine sometimes. Okay, 
Brethren, let's elaborate on what was said. What does it mean to be observant? If you're watching plants and you plant a bunch of plants and some of them die and some of them live and some of them thrive, what is the process you would use if you're learning about it? Now, if you're like me, who never planned on being a farmer and didn't really want to be a farmer, you plant a bunch of seeds, throw some water on it, walk away and see if it grows or not. Like, and if it doesn't grow, who cares? And if it does grow, that's cool. Any lazy farmers out there that have never actually tried that hard? So how scientific are we about such a process when we don't care one way or the other about the garden growing? Not very. Now, for the societies before us that were life and death on the whole farming thing, can we assume they were a little more meticulous in their observations? All right, brethren. I hate to say this, but most of us as men have become psychologically lazy when it comes to observing women. It's like, what do you mean I don't observe her? I watched her for like 35 seconds. I got distracted by her butt for a few minutes there, but I'm still observing. Why do you say like I don't observe? I'm like, how long do farmers study plants before they understand how to work with them? Any of you actually good with dogs, horses, or animals or something like that? Anybody know a decent idea about how to work with animals. Okay, some of you are horsey people. I've never been a horsey person. I try to stay away from animals bigger than me that could kick me in the head and kill me forever. Some of you are skilled with animals, right? How do you read the mind of a dog? How do you read the mind of a horse? Anyone out there got some experience in these areas? Varies with the animal. Thank you, Ruben. You do dogs, Um, I understand. I do, and I do people too. And one of the things that we learn in NLP, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, is that you calibrate on results. You calibrate on what you see coming back, not on what you sent out. So we think we're sending out one thing, but then we watch for what comes back to us. And that's really what you sent out is what you got the feedback. Thank you. So if a dog bites you and growls at you, can you assess that whatever you're doing is probably a bad idea? Probably. Okay. <laughs> now... And NLP with dogs. So like my family likes to have animals that I take care of. Okay. I try to keep it as minimal as possible, but I'm sure you have experience with that. We have a dog that is not my dog, but the dog thinks that I'm its owner. My, this dog thinks that I'm its caretaker. This dog thinks I'm its best friend. I make sure I don't talk to it. I make sure I don't spend time with it. I make sure and when I walk past it, I say, we are not friends. Okay, but I'm the one who feeds it. I'm the one who lets him out to use the bathroom. I'm the one who pats him on the head. Okay, when I go by and I'm the one who puts him in his cage when I leave. All right. And so it doesn't understand that we're not friends because all I do is take care of it. I was the only one in my family raised on a farm where we had living, breathing animals and plants that actually mattered. So I learned how to wake up and feed the animals and take care of the plants and then go to school and then come home and Feed animals, take care of the plants, and then go to bed. It's not rocket science. Brethren, if you want to create a culture in your relationship where you are not reminded of boundaries on a regular basis, you must become observant enough that you build a greenhouse for thriving with the type of plant or type of entity that you're in a relationship with. I hesitate to use animal because some guys are already objectifying or minimizing the intelligence of their wife. But what I have learned about women is they are as predictable as animals if you actually observe them instead of cram them in a box. I see men get frustrated with women 
because they think my wife is like a turtle when she's actually a horse. And they're like, I'm trying to take care of her as if she's a turtle. I'm all, your wife's been a horse her whole life. But I was thinking I was marrying a turtle. And so they keep treating her like a turtle instead of using the powers of observation to change the plan. If you don't change your plan of nurturing, of presiding, of providing and protecting for the actual woman that you're in a relationship with, you're going to kill your own marriage. Let me give you an example in my own situation. I was raised by a woman who was a farm girl. I was raised by a woman who was raised in a very rough environment and she knew how to work and she was a working woman. That's what she knows how to do. My mother is a worker. And so when I entered my marriage, I had a familiarity with being in a relationship with a work woman, a woman who got things done. I made the mistake of marrying a woman who's a thinker. All right. My mom is not known for her thinking. She's not dumb, but that's not her specialty. She's never even prided herself in being a thinker. She's good at making quilts, baking bread, cleaning house, uh, killing rabbits with her bare hands and skinning them and cooking their flesh in a pot. My mom can kill chickens with her hand and snap their necks. I can't even do that. I don't even want to do that. So I was creating the wrong greenhouse for my wife. I was creating a space for a brain style that I was familiar with instead of observing what I was actually working. I was tempted to say, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. You know, you're getting it wrong for sure. If she's using some type of amateur boundaries on you. Okay. Like, oh, that's an electric fence. I probably shouldn't grab right there. That's a bad idea. Let me tell you what will sabotage you when you try to create a greenhouse. Check your brain to see if you're accidentally asking the question, what about me? What about my boundary? What about getting my needs met? What about when she's going to respect me? What about when she's going to take care of me? Brethren, if you're accidentally or intentionally thinking because you read it in a book somewhere that you get to have your own list of needs, you will never have a strong and healthy relationship because you're breaking the New Testament concept of he that seeketh his life shall lose it and he that loses his life shall find it. You can't be focusing your attention on what you're missing out on. This seems backwards. What about her? What about all the things she keeps asking for? What about the things she needs? What if it's true that girl psychology is kind of like a plant? What if the goal of a synergistic celestial relationship is to produce the most fruit, to produce the most value for both people. And what if the relationship between a plant and a farmer, think about the relationship between a plant and a farmer. If the plant does not have a good farmer, what are the chances it's going to produce its highest yield? If a plant's left on its own to just use the water it can reach for, use the sun it can grab for, can you see how a plant by itself will not be able to yield its highest productivity? Can you see that, brethren? What about a farmer who doesn't have a plant? When we say neither is the man without the woman nor the woman without the man in the Lord, God understood that the combination of a man who brings presiding, providing, and protecting, and a woman who's focused on nurturing, and if the greenhouse, the environment 
that is most ideal for her development. Watch out for the satanic attack. What about me? What about my development? What about my safety? What about my security? If you're afflicted with the satanic attack that makes this about what about your needs, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a long time before you're going to have a healthy marriage. If you can focus all of your attention on building the ideal growth environment for her, right, it will produce the highest amount of nurturing response which automatically brings value to you in the life cycle between a husband and a wife. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f- when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.